Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now it is time for the sports news for Monday, February 28, 2022. And your reader today is Richard Lucas. As a reminder... Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. And an article beginning on page one is under commentary entitled, Lost to Arkansas Shows Kentucky Needs Work by John Clay. The bad news, Kentucky lost 75-73 to at Arkansas on Saturday. The good news, everyone else lost too. Or practically everyone else who is any good at college basketball, or so we believed was any good lost on Saturday. The AP Top 25 number 1 Gonzaga lost 67-57 at number 23 St. Mary's. Number 2 Arizona lost 79-63 at Colorado. Number 3 Auburn lost 67-62 at number 17 Tennessee. Number 4 Purdue lost 68-65 at Michigan State. Number 5 Kansas lost 80-70 at number 10 Baylor and yes, number 6 Kentucky lost to number 18, Arkansas. Six up, six down. The lesson, there is no dominant college basketball team in 2021 to 2022. That's both good and bad news for John Calipari's Wildcats. The good news is that as the Cats work out the kinks, with injuries forcing them from one lineup to another, no team is clearly head and shoulders above the pack as the NCAA tournament nears. The bad news is, well... Kentucky is one of maybe a dozen teams with a legitimate shot at cutting down the nets in New Orleans. In this case, more is not always merrier. Take Saturday, for example. Full credit to Arkansas. After an 0-3 SEC start, the Razorbacks have climbed into a three-way tie with UK and Tennessee at 12-4 in league play. That trio is a game behind a wobbling Auburn. Arkansas has won 13 of its last 14 games. The lone loss in that stretch was by a single point, 68-67, at Alabama. Eric Musselman can coach. The Razorback defense bottled up UK sharpshooter Kellen Greedy. On offense, Musselman used his NBA head coaching experience to free up J.D. Note for 30 points, then continually placed Jalen Williams in isolation sets against UK's Oscar Shibwe. Result? Williams scored 10 of the Hogs' final 12 points. For Kentucky, the final result was not as disconcerting as the way the Cats both started and finished the game. For the fourth consecutive outing, Calipari's club fell behind by double digits in the first half. In Knoxville, UK trailed Tennessee 37-22 in the first half and lost 76-63. At home against Alabama, the Cats rallied from a 41-28 deficit for a 90-81 win. In a 71-66 home win over LSU, Kentucky trailed 27-16 in the first half. Saturday brought more of the same. Shibwe scored the afternoon's first two points. Arkansas scored the next 15. Note was responsible for eight of those. We started the game unaggressive, Calipari said, adding his team's body language was one of, put the sad look on your face. To Kentucky's credit, the Cats fought back. Slicing Arkansas's advantage to six points, 34 to 28, 
at halftime before taking a 41-40 lead early in the second half. From there, both teams gave as good as they got, with Shibwe, 30 points, and Note, 30 points, trading buckets. The final two minutes, however, the Cats faltered. After a Grady three-pointer, his only made field goal, put UK up 70-69 with two minutes, 20 seconds left, the Cats did not score another point until Ty Ty Washington's inconsequential banked-in three-pointer at the final horn. Keon Brooks was called for a push off in an inbounds play with one minute, three seconds left. Next possession, after a timeout, Brooks missed an open three. Next possession, down 74-70, all UK could muster was a highly contested three-point attempt by Grady from the right corner with five seconds left. It was partially blocked. Ball game. Disclaimers. Xavier Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. UK's two starting guards return to action after a two-game absence. Wheeler is nursing a wrist injury. Washington is battling an ankle problem. Wheeler shook off the rust to score 14 points. Washington is still not himself. The freshman was just 3 of 12 from the floor. One thing we know, late-game execution matters in March, especially when so little difference exists among so many teams. This Kentucky team can still win it all. We haven't changed our stance on that but so could a whole host of others. And the article beginning at the top left corner of page 1B of the Herald-Leader is entitled, Lafayette Wrestler Captures Second State Title by Jared Peck. Winchester, Lafayette's Braden Giannone, never doubted his ability to earn the second individual high school wrestling championship of his career. No, no, I knew from the beginning of the season this would be mine. The senior said confidently after he won his 165-pound finals in a 7-3 decision at the KHSAA Wrestling State Championships at George Rogers Clark High School on Saturday. Giannone was among 14 individual state champions and 98 other medalists celebrated Saturday after two days of wrestling among 224 wrestlers from 68 teams. Johnson Central's wrestlers placed second in the team standings in a season dedicated to their beloved coach, the late John Matney, who died of a stroke after COVID-19 complications last fall. Reese Goss followed in his father Chris Goss's footsteps as a state champion produced by the football and wrestling coaching legend. Meanwhile, Union County's wrestling machine won its seventh straight team championship in a day that included four individual champions and a third place finish from the last wrestling Irvin of his generation to put on a brave singlet for his uncle, Coach Robert Irvin. Lafayette wrestler ranks among coaches best. Moments before his championship match, Braden Gion paced back and forth in the wings of Clark County's gym with a look of determination and focus. Once on the mat in front of the capacity crowd, the pacing continued through the introductions and other fanfare until he squared up with his opponent, Jude Powell of Fairdale. It's just my way to get focused, Gion explained. It's not like a mean thing or anything. It's just how I center my head on wrestling. Joan devoured his side of the bracket on the way to the finals with two pins and a 12-0 major decision before the main event. He ceded two points to Powell in the first round but quickly took over the lead. The key was my mentality. I think my strongest point is my mental game, Joan said. My thought process today was to just go out and dominate every match as well as I could. Lafayette coach William Green, 
who was among three inductees named to the Kentucky Wrestling Coaches Association Hall of Fame on Saturday, calls Dion one of the best wrestlers he has had in a decades-long career. There's no question about who's number one in his class, Green said. He left it all out there. He knew what he had to do. In his position, people want to see if he's legit. There are a lot of people that wanted to knock him off that pedestal. Among Green's other champions are Tate's Creek's Mike Migliaccio, who was named the 1990 State Meets Most Outstanding Wrestler in winning a title to cap a 43-0 season. Fellow Creeker Tom Sabul won back-to-back state titles in 1992 and 1993. Current New Orleans Saints offensive tackle Landon Young won the 285-pound weight class as a Lafayette senior for Green. Green unreservedly puts Dion in the top tier. The four-time region champion and future Washington and Lee University wrestler was 26-0 this season. He was the 152-pound champion as a sophomore, a state runner-up as a freshman, and would have been in contention at a state as a junior if not for missing the meet because of COVID-19 protocols. He's up there, Green said, and he's a good person. This year, we had a really young team and we had to do a lot of things starting at the bottom. He didn't question it. He just got in line and did it. He's a leader and he's willing to help his fellow wrestlers out. Lafayette's Jessatin Kubwinana was third in the 144-pound class. Johnson Central dedicates season to Madney. When his hold on childhood friend and former teammate Gavin Andrioni of Woodford County earned him the two points that ended their overtime match, emotion swept over Reese Goss's face. He pointed both index fingers at the sky before placing one hand on his heart as his father. Assistant coach Chris Goss held a photo of Jim Matney up to the cheering crowd. Losing coach, especially because he was my godfather, we all wanted to win this for coach. I felt like I needed to step up, said Goss, who won the 144-pound class in a 5-3 sudden victory. Reese explained that his dad was Matney's first state champion at Sheldon Clark High School. He was one of 30 individual champions Matney coached between the now renamed Martin County School and Johnson Central. Matney guided Sheldon Clark to state team state titles in 1994 and 1995. Goss and his opponent grew up together and had both wrestled for Woodford County. So it was hard for either to gain an advantage in their match as the three regulation rounds ended in a 3-3 three to three tie. In overtime, I just knew Coach Matney would be in the corner saying, Go, receive go, Goss said. I knew I had to get back up and find some way. Matney's family accepted a posthumous Coaches Association Coach of the Year award as part of Saturday's honors. Matney's son, Dalton, an 8th grader, finished 4th at 175 pounds also helping the Golden Eagles to their second-place team finish. Assistant Principal Darren Gamble has taken up the coaching mantle in partnership with son Blake and others like Goss since Matney's death. Never one time have I ever pretended to have built this team to where we are today, Gamble said. My son and I, we've just done everything we can to keep this ball rolling. Matney was a wrestling coach just as long as he was a football coach, and his loss hit Johnson Central's wrestlers hard. From day one, we've dedicated this season to Coach Matney. 
and these kids have been through a lot and an emotional roller coaster, Gamble said. I couldn't be more proud of our kids. We finished seven in the top four and three, more in the top eight. So, ten all-starters. It's just been a great tournament by our kids. Union County train keeps rolling. Union County brought its usual massive contingent of fans and families to see its seventh straight team state championship and 14th overall. Four wrestlers won individual titles. Twin brothers Jaden, 106, and Jordan Rainey, 113. Tracy Ekman, 126, and Stephen Little, 190. But also notable among Union's medalists was 170-pound third-place finisher Paxton Irvin, the last of 14 second-generation wrestling Irvins to complete his career for the Braves. We're really proud of him, Union head coach Robert Irvin said of his nephew. That was our last hurrah there. He was the caboose. It will be a while before you see another one. Paxton's father, Brad, is an assistant coach and one of the four brothers who helped build this Morganfield wrestling powerhouse. Coach Irvin said the next generation's oldest, his and his siblings' grandchildren, are just toddling now. But don't expect the Union County wrestling team to slow anytime soon. When you've got a community like we've got, it's just amazing, Coach Irvin said. You've got all these kiddos that are so excited about it. We've got unbelievable peer groups for kids that want to be like the varsity wrestlers. The support we get is unbelievable. Also beginning on page 1B of the Herald-Leader, undefeated Transylvania headed back to NCAA tournament by Cameron Drummond. Julie Folks stood Saturday night with nylon between her fingers and a smile on her face, patiently answering questions and nodding along with every accomplishment listed for her recent Transylvania women's basketball teams. This is her eighth season as head coach of the Pioneers, one that has produced unprecedented recognition and success, but also some of the same results. And it was the most recent result, a fourth straight conference tournament title that continued an undefeated season and followed her to once again cut down Annette. That served as a main catalyst for Falks's demeanor. Transylvania improved to 24-0 on the season with an 81-51 victory over Anderson University on Saturday in the title game of the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference Tournament, which Trancy hosted inside the Clive M. Beck Center on its downtown Lexington campus. It's kind of a mixture of awe and excitement and being grateful for a group that has pushed as hard as they have through two really hard years to get to this point. Folks toward the Herald-Leader while standing on the back center's court, still clutching the net she removed from the rim. The Pioneers now have 16 wins this season against HCAC opponents by an average of more than 24.5 points each. Folks said she spoke with her team earlier this season about disregarding any outside expectations about how many points Trancy should beat its opponents by. We don't feel the pressure to have to have these outlandish games and scores. But I think taking that pressure off is what really helped them have such convincing wins, folks explained. Overall, Trancy has recorded 18 wins this season by 20 or more points. Trancy is one of just three women's basketball teams in the NCAA Division III level that are still unbeaten, along with Christopher Newport, Virginia, and Webster, Missouri. In the latest D3Hoops.com Women's Basketball Top 25 poll, the Pioneers ranked number four in the country, 
continuing to occupy the same top five spot they've had since the new year. The Pioneers are destined to get a top seed in this year's NCAA tournament, with the selection show scheduled for Monday afternoon and first round game set for Friday. Folks was rewarded for this overwhelming success earlier this week when she was named the HCAC Women's Basketball Coach of the Year. It's the third time she has received this honor while at Trancy. A quartet of junior Trancy players also received all-conference honors. Guards Madison Kellyon and Kennedy Stacy, first team. Forward Lakin Ball, second team. And forward Daisha Thornton, honorable mention. In a vacuum, Trancy's 2021-22 season is as impressive as it gets. In an article beginning on page 1V of the Louisville Courier-Journal is entitled, What's the Status of Louisville's Coaching Search? by Brett Dawson. There's still no permanent president. There's still an interim athletic director. It's going to be a while before there's a resolution to impending NCAA issues. Saturday will mark a month since the University of Louisville men's basketball program parted ways with coach Chris Mack. And still there are more questions than answers about the Cardinals coaching search. Josh Heard, Louisville's interim athletic director, said on the Floyd Street's finest podcast last week that ideally UofL would name a coach close to the conclusion of our season. That season, which continues Saturday at Wake Forest, could conclude as soon as March 8th, the opening day of the ACC tournament in Brooklyn, New York. That means Louisville hopes to have Mac's permanent replacement in place well before all the questions about the job have been answered. Perhaps the most pressing of those was never going to be resolved before Louisville made a hire. UofL's hearing with the NCAA's independent accountability resolution process will take place June 17 to 19, two sources told the Courier-Journal this week. Based on other IARP cases, that likely pushes Louisville's resolution into the fall, meaning its next coach will be hired before the school knows if it faces an NCAA tournament ban or other penalties. Coupled with the uncertain future of Louisville's leadership, besides Heard, University President Lori Gonzalez is working under the interim tag. It creates a high hurdle to hiring for a job that should be among the sport's most appealing. Right now, with that NCAA, Issues still present and looming and no resolution and the university leadership in flux. Those are huge factors, ESPN analyst Jay Billis told the Courier-Journal this week. And it's going to limit the pool of candidates. That doesn't mean you can't get somebody great who's willing to take on that and may knock it out of the park. But it's an issue. And it's not the only one. Some key questions a month into the coaching search. How much does the uncertainty impact the job? Rob Doster, a longtime college basketball writer and founder of the Field of 68 Podcast Network, called weighing the leadership and NCAA issues the decision for candidates weighing the job, the biggest factor in considering the cards. You won't know what's going on with the IARP. Rob Doster, founder of the Field of 68 Podcast Network, said, You don't know if you're going to have another postseason ban. If you take that job, you don't know who your boss is going to be. The latter is an issue. In any job, Doster noted. But the NCAA issue is specific to this one. Any potential penalty handled down by the NCAA is an obstacle for the Cardinals' next coach for the same reason it was a problem for Mac. 
It can impact the program's ability to land the talent it'll take to get back on track. The NCAA issue hanging over Louisville's head is significant, and it is greatly affecting their ability to recruit and even to bring in quality transfers, Billis said. I don't think it takes an educated basketball eye to look on the court right now and even last year and say, there's not the same talent there that there was in past years. That doesn't mean they can't win and do well. I'm not suggesting that, but you're not going to win without talent, period. Will a coach look past the problems in the present? Maybe. The right candidate might look at Louisville's issues as temporary and see the potential of a program that, without the shadow of the NCAA ruling and the temporarily tenuous leadership, can be among the sport's best. The tradition is rich. The fan base is big. The facilities are top-notch. Billis noted that in 2003, Baylor hired current coach Scott Drew even as the Bears were mired in perhaps the most notorious scandal in college basketball history, marred by recruiting violations, allegations of widespread drug abuse, and the murder of a Baylor player by a teammate. Louisville's issues aren't nearly as serious. They're comparable only in that they create a complicating factor in making a hire. I know Scott Drew was told, don't take this job. Billis said he was told by numerous people not to take it, and it's worked out very well in the long term. But is that more of a lightning strike? I don't know the answer to that. What's the state of Kenny Payne's candidacy? Ask around in baseball circles, and Payne's name is almost always the first to come up in conversation. And the day after Mac and Louisville parted ways, Sportsline.com odds makers installed Payne as the betting favorite for the Cards job. The former Cardinals player and current New York Knicks assistant coach has no head coaching experience, but he was viewed as an elite recruiter and high-level player development coach during his decade as an assistant to John Calipari at Kentucky. The conventional wisdom is that Payne's ties to the program, he was on the Cards' 1986 NCAA championship team, might make him more likely to overlook some of the current concerns about the job. But that's conjecture. Though he's gotten public endorsements from former Cards coaches Denny Crum and Rick Pitino, Payne hasn't publicly commented on the opening, and Hurd has kept quiet about his potential candidacy, other than saying early in the process that Payne fits his single qualification for the job, that he's a good basketball coach. But with the issues around the position making it unclear which current head coaches might consider it, Payne's name naturally pops up on any list of candidates. If I'm Louisville, it's a no-brainer that you go out and you hire Kenny Payne, Doster said. He's the definition of a high upside hire. See if he's the guy who can be a superstar. If not, you move away from it. If he is, you just hired a guy who can take your program to brand new heights. Why the rush to name a coach? On the Floyd Street's finest broadcast, Heard said that in an era when the NCAA allows one-time transfers without requiring players to sit out at the next school, almost all coaches essentially have to re-recruit their current roster after the season. So imagine going through that process without a head coach, Heard said. There's also a need to hit the recruiting trail running. The sooner a coach is in place, the sooner Louisville can begin to build a roster for next season via traditional recruiting and the transfer portal. Still, Heard wants the right coach, not just to coach at the right time. 
He wants to move quickly. But a candidate coaching in a team to a deep NCAA tournament run, for example, could complicate his timeline. Not that the search needs more complicating factors. It has plenty already. And though it remains one of college basketball's elite programs, the biggest question Louisville faces is whether it's currently one of the sport's best jobs. It's a top market, and there's tremendous interest, Billa said, but right now it's fractured. You see Louisville's name on the bottom line, ticker, of television broadcasts for things other than their scores in recent years. Is that dispositive? Is it the only factor? No, but it's a major factor, and it's a major hurdle in a higher. Another article beginning on page 1B of the Career Journal is entitled Dragon Slay Competition, subtitled Carol Lifts Doss Pass Butler for 22nd District Title by Jason Frakes. The outcome decided and the final second sticking off the clock, Doss High School star Inslee Carroll exited the game, walked down to the end of the Dragon's Mets and flexed his arms in celebration. At the end of a bruising 22nd Division tournament that lived up to the hype, Carroll and his teammates were, indeed, the strongest. Carroll scored a game-high 19 points, and Tony Moss added 18 as the Dragons beat Butler 65-51 in Thursday's district final at DeSalle's. This is the finest district in the state, Carroll said. This is tough. This wasn't an easy win. We had to work for it. With that in mind, Dragons coach Blake Stone said he'd give his team an extra day to celebrate. We'll be off Friday, so I told them to enjoy this one until we wake up Saturday morning, Stone said. We usually try to wake up the next morning and focus on the next one, but this district was a gauntlet. You look at the teams that were knocked out, Iroquois, DeSales, and Western, and they're capable of winning at least 10 of the regions across the state. Doss, 22-7, captured his first district title since 2018 and earned the right to host a quarterfinal game Tuesday in the sixth region tournament. Butler, 18-13, will have to go on the road Tuesday. The draw for the regional tournament will be held Saturday morning. You always want to host that first round, Stone said. The sixth region is one of the toughest in the state, so it's really good to get that home game. Stone can thank Carroll. Boss and a stingy defense down the stretch. Chance Garner sank two free throws with 5 minutes 15 seconds left to pull Butler within 51-49 with 5.15 remaining. But the Dragons closed the game with a 14-2 run. Moss and Carroll both had three-point plays during the surge. The biggest thing when you say a 14-2 run is the two points we gave up on defense, Stone said. We know we can score, but when you go on a stretch with seven or eight possessions and only give up two points, that's pretty solid there. Butler coach Kevin Gary noted his team failed to convert on four straight possessions after pulling within 51-49. His team was playing its third game in four days, but Gary wouldn't use fatigue as an excuse. We got four straight shots at the rim and just missed, he said. If we make those, we go up six and who knows what happens from there. Maybe we were a little bit tired, but this time of the year, you have to make those plays. Earlier Thursday, Carroll was named the runner-up to Pleasure Ridge Park's Z. McCowan in voting for the Courier-Journal's 6th Region Player of the Year Award. Stone said he used that to motivate Carroll at halftime. He pushes me, but I don't let that stuff get to me, said Carroll, a six-foot-one senior. I just try to do better on the court. 
wraps it up for the sports news from the Lexington Herald-Leader and the Courier-Journal for... This wraps it up for the sports news from the Lexington Herald-Leader and the Louisville Courier-Journal for Monday, February 28, 2022. Your reader today has been Richard Lucas. Thank you for listening, and now please stay tuned for continued programming on Radio I. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.